Monday, everyone. I have a quick thought I want to share that I processed a great deal over the weekend. So with so much talk in this election season about the state of our democracy, I felt like we could all use an important reminder that the United States is actually not a democracy. We're a republic, and for good reason. In a pure democracy, laws are made directly by the voting majority, leaving the rights of the minority largely unprotected. But in a constitutional republic, like the United States, laws are made by representatives chosen by the people and must comply with a constitution that specifically protects the rights of the minority from the will of the majority. This isn't to say that we don't have democratic aspects to our society. We certainly do. But... If you read through the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, or the Bill of Rights, you'll notice that the word democracy is actually never used, not even once. In fact, the Founding Fathers went to great lengths to ensure that pure democracy was avoided at all costs. Listen to this. Alexander Hamilton called democracy a disease. Thomas Jefferson said democracy is no more than mob rule, where 51% of the people can take away the rights of the other 49 John Adams, our second president, wrote, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. James Madison said democracies have, in general, been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. And Benjamin Franklin said that democracy is essentially two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. So, knowing all of this, why is it that when Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah tweeted the simple truth last Wednesday during the VP debate, he said simply, we are not a democracy. He was vilified by his political opponents. Well, I believe it's because over the past few decades, there's been a push amongst the progressives in the United States to eradicate any semblance of a republic from our political system. This is evidenced by their desire, obviously, to abolish the Electoral College, pack the Supreme Court for political reasons, eliminate the filibuster, structure the Senate based upon population, give state status to D.C., just to name a few. To these people, staples of our union, like the equal representation of states in the Senate, are seen as a threat to our democracy, which, to be fair, is somewhat true. Restricting pure democracy is exactly what they were designed to do, but to progressives, A republic full of checks and balances, it's not the goal. A pure democracy is. Or as long as 51% of Americans believe what they do, they believe that they should receive unrestricted access to unchecked power in order to enact, just like Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer recently stated, I believe it was back in August, he said, bold and dramatic change to the fabric of our nation. These drastic ideas used to be fringe proposals, but now they're mainstream tenets of the progressive left. And if enacted would ultimately lead to the creation of a virtually unrecognizable United States. So take, for instance, the idea of abolishing the Electoral College. This was very popular with Elizabeth Warren's primary campaign. The Electoral College, our nation's system of deciding presidential elections, is in no way perfect. It was a practice built on compromise after all. But it exists in the modern age as the best possible system to protect those that live outside of the coastal urban hubs from ideological mob rule in our elections. Without the Electoral College, the interests of citizens in densely populated areas like New York, LA, the Bay Area, and Philadelphia would overwhelmingly dictate the lives of citizens and communities in all other regions of the country. So the policy interests of those living in Montana, Indiana, Ohio, Alabama, Kentucky, they'd never be accounted for in any real measure. And the leaders that seek to govern our land would have zero incentive to prioritize their interests. The Electoral College protects our union from radicalism, ensures that presidential candidates attract a diverse coalition of voters and interests, and ultimately acts as a check against authoritarian mob rule. 
Now, the good news for those like me that do believe in the effectiveness of the Electoral College is that to eliminate it is extremely difficult. It requires a constitutional amendment, but the fact that it's gaining mainstream traction should serve as a wake-up call for all of us. And the Electoral College isn't the only safeguard against pure democracy that's at risk. The United States Senate is structured with two senators per state, regardless of state population, as opposed to the House of Representatives, obviously, which is determined by population. The filibuster is an active practice in the legislative branch, often used by the minority party, and our Supreme Court's designed to be intentionally non-political, all for the same reason, to protect the interests of all Americans against overly politicized mob rule. So for me, perhaps the most shocking mainstream proposal that's emerged in this 2020 election is the idea to pack the courts if the Democrats were to win a majority in the Senate, maintain their majority in the House, and take the presidency. So court packing refers to the practice of adding more justices to the Supreme Court than the allotted nine members in order to benefit the ideologies of the nominating party. And by employing this tactic, the Democratic Party would essentially be communicating to the American people that if you can't win, just change the rules. And this was a deeply unpopular proposition when FDR tried it in 1937, and it's shocking that it has mainstream traction today. Now, this threat's recently been brought to the light primarily as an attempt to halt Republicans from moving forward with their confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the court. So whether or not they're simply bluffing is yet to be seen. But as America has observed over the past few weeks, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris continually refuse to answer the question on whether or not they would pack the courts, with Joe Biden even stating out loud last week, you'll know my stance on court packing after the election. Then on Friday, to take it one step further, Biden even suggested that Americans don't deserve to know his stance, which, quick pause here, if we don't deserve to know his thoughts on one of the most important policy issues of our time, why does he believe he deserves our votes? Voters ought to take his deflection of these questions seriously, because in politics, refusing to answer a question like this is virtually the same as Biden expressing his intent to make packing the court a top-tier priority of his administration. So while it's much more arduous to amend the Constitution to remove something like the Electoral College, all it takes to add justices to the court is the president's signature and a simple majority in both the House and the Senate, which would be an easy task if there were to be a blue wave this November. So all Americans, and especially Christians, should care deeply about these radical, union-transforming proposals. Because as long as holding socially and fiscally conservative views become more and more unpopular, constitutional and legislative parameters set in place to provide checks and balances on mob rule will only become more important in order to allow for representation of countercultural and biblical views on gender, sexuality, families, abortion, religious liberties, freedom of speech, etc., in society, if you give a secular, postmodern populace driven by the culture of Silicon Valley, Santa Monica, or Brooklyn the keys to drive every facet of American politics with a simple majority, the United States won't be far off from experiencing the same toils of many failed democracies before us. And there are many. So, at the end of the day, the real reason these ideas are promoted on the left is because they understand well that if they can pack the court, eliminate the Electoral College, redesign the Senate based upon population, give statehood to D.C., etc., they drastically increase their chances of holding on to power into the distant future. It's not based upon a desire to hold fast to the Constitution and preserve the fabric of our nation, but the very opposite. And it's important to recognize what's truly on the ballot this November. 
You're not simply voting for a person, a personality, or a party. You're promoting a set of ideas and policy agendas. And if the desire for radical change, as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently stated, is your thing, then just make sure you understand the ways in which it would make the United States unrecognizable. It would lead to a completely different country, some of these proposals. And in my mind, reform should be the goal, not revolution. When Benjamin Franklin was asked about our government system in 1787, he said that we are a, quote, republic if you can keep it. This warning from Franklin served as an ominous reminder that the American system is special and worth preserving as long as we can safeguard it from those that desire to do away with it and instead pursue a tyranny of the majority. So that's all I've got for today. And I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you about these topics. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can tune in tomorrow to my podcast, Refining Politics and Culture, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For all other details, questions, comments, concerns, make sure to check out my website, refiningpoliticsandculture.com. Have an awesome week.